business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Martin Ackerman from Citadel. Welcome to High FM. Good afternoon. Good, Martin. You're very clear in my ears. I hope we're clear to the to the listeners. Martin Ackerman, you're the chief economist and advisory partner. Thank you, as always, for coming on the show. Um, unusual circumstances. I uh, I didn't think two weeks ago that I would be sitting in my study at home, talking to you on WhatsApp called connected to the studio. The world's a little bit upside down. How are you coping on your side? Yeah, you're 100% right. You know, this is uh, unprecedented times uh, for the whole country, in fact, actually for the whole world. Um, and I think the world that we're going to see after COVID-19 hopefully is going to also be a different world. You know, sometimes we need to get to this point where we can sit down and think about how we are doing business. Um, and just like you've mentioned, you know, we can actually do business uh, much simpler and, um, you know, by doing that as well, help the, uh, the the planet Earth to actually heal a little bit in terms of all the activity that we've done over the past couple of years. Um, but uh, how we are doing, um, you know, it's business as usual. So fortunately, with technology, we can do all the things that we need to do. Um, so we engage with our clients and uh, the markets are open. And, um, yeah, we we definitely in a, in a situation where we can preserve wealth and, and look for opportunities where we hopefully can also create wealth going forward. And that's just a phenomenal thing that you just said because the, the feeling that you're getting now from everybody is that everybody's just trying to find their balance on this power trip. But the truth is that it's a lot wider than we think and there's a lot more security than we think. We just get, need to adapt to a different way of operating, and uh, and then we'll be able to look forward instead of looking down at our feet and trying to maintain our balance. We'll be able to look forward and see the horizon in front of us. So, Martin, let's let's start with the the big news, the the article that you wrote, Moody's downgrade and what it means for the investor. One thing you said up front in the beginning of the article is that it's no shock here. This wasn't a major surprise. Yes, I think, you know, after the February budget, which if you go back was before the COVID outbreak really globally, um, you know, we already said that it's going to be very difficult to deliver on that framework. Uh, the numbers are flashing red and the downgrade is almost a certainty. Uh, to be honest, Moody's, you know, missed the opportunity, if you can put it that way, to downgrade us uh, about two years ago. Uh, so they've downgraded us at the worst possible time amidst this uh, global crisis as well. Um, so it was expected, and I think the outbreak then of the COVID-19 around the world, you know, uh, there were no other choice for them to actually do that. But again, like I said, um, you know, compared to some of the other rating agencies that made that call a couple of years ago, uh, there couldn't have been a worse time to do that. So, yes, I think if we look at markets, uh, especially last week, the, the kind of action we saw on the bond market and also on the on the currency market, you know, uh, heading up to the announcement on Friday, the markets definitely priced in the, the last bit of, of, of news. Um, and that's why when the markets opened Monday this week, we haven't seen significant moves. It's as if, you know, the bad news was already in the market. So that's exactly what I want to discuss with you because I'm looking at the markets now as I'm talking to you. 
But Martin, I'm not quite sure whether we need to take an ad break or not. Craig, are we going for an ad break? Okay, good. Martin, please hang on. Maybe run to the kitchen quickly, grab something to drink. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It is 12 minutes past 12, and on the line with me is the Chief Economist and Advisory Partner at Citadel, Martin Ackerman. Martin, welcome back. Thank you. Great. I, I hear myself echoing when I talk, but you coming through very, very clear. Martin, I'm just looking at the market. We're up 2% today on the all share. The top 40 is up just over 2%. It is up again yesterday. Um, we, we sort of just, is it a case of we overreacted in the beginning and then everything sort of found equilibrium? The, the bad news of, or the downgrade was already factored in and the market just took it in a stride and ultimately the markets are viewing this as a blip on the radar, a big one, but not a catastrophe like 2008 and 2009. Yeah. So I think a couple of things, um, you know, if we look at other countries, uh, let's take Brazil as an example. Uh, after right. they've been downgraded, you know, the market actually started to strengthen. Uh, the currency market benefited as well as the, the fixed income bond market. Uh, and that's normally, you know, when when uh, the bad news is out, it's in the price, then the markets start to, to rebound. So it can be a bit of that. But uh, we also need to remember that we, you know, at a very different spot compared to, let's say, two years ago. Two years ago, when S&P and Fitch started to downgrade us, if uh, at that point in time, Moody's also downgraded us and we went to self-investment grade, I think the pain would have been quite severe. So we had almost two years where uh, market participants realized that, you know, it's not uh, if but when. And uh, so those that wanted to leave left, and we saw a, a constant outflow of capital. So we had a, a, a two-year period of slowly getting to this point. And like I said last week, probably the, the last bit that came into the price. So um, that means then that the, the actual impact this week can be softer. And then the other thing that we need to remember is that uh, we're in a very different global environment. So I think at this point in time, uh, whatever the mood or the sentiment is globally uh, will have a much bigger impact on, on what's happening in our markets. So, as example, Monday when we opened, the RAND did obviously uh, drop to about 18 to the dollar on the right. back of the downgrade. But then China started, or China actually announced an interest rate cut, uh, which was positive towards emerging markets, uh, and that pushed the currency back to uh, 70, uh, 60. So in, in this kind of very volatile and fluid environment, I think that global investors are definitely, you know, the Moody's downgrade is, is not what they are focusing on at this point in time. It's more in terms of what's happening with international liquidity and capital flows. Okay, brilliant. Thank you for explaining that. On that note, let's talk a little bit about the bond market. This is a, a term that's often thrown around and I, I often uh, am humored um, by, by listening to people um, you know, who talk about the bond market with a tremendous amount of certainty when you almost know that there's, there's quite a lot of uncertainty in it. It's almost the people predicting the RAND and uh, you know that there's a good 70% chance they're not going to get it right. But when it comes to the bond markets, we've seen definite movements and we've seen definite opportunities. Just please unpack that for us. Yeah, so I think, you know, um the bond market is is um, 
at this point in time, offering very, very attractive uh, nominal and real yields. Uh, in other words, you know, if you think about it, if you look at the, uh, the, the, the average bond in South Africa, 10-year bond, you're probably now in double-digit territory. So for investors that buy those bonds today, um, if they just close their eyes, they keep it for 10 years, they will bank a double-digit nominal return. And in an inflation where, in an environment where inflation is actually um, getting lower, uh, we're not in an environment where we're going to see runaway inflation in South Africa. You know, we we're in a very low growth environment, if any growth at all. Uh, demand is under pressure, so we're going to see quite uh, stable inflation. So you actually then walk away with you know very very high real returns. And there's not a lot of places in the world today where you can get that. So from that point of view, our fixed income markets at these kind of levels are quite attractive. And, um, you know, we, as an example, have been underweight bonds for some time. And uh, in the current opportunity, we're actually um, getting back to benchmark. We're actually buying into these double-digit yields uh, on behalf of our clients. Um, you're 100% right to say that, you know, uh, it is a great real yield, but clients might ask or investors might ask, but what is the certainty around that? And, and I guess that's where, you know, it comes down to the governments. Not all governments are, are in the same position to actually service and honor their interests on those bonds. But then again, in South Africa, you know, if you think about our bond market specifically, we're talking about our RAND denominated bonds here. So it's a bond that the the government issue in RAND terms, so the interest that they need to pay is also in RANDs. So it is very different from having a, a dollar-denominated bond because there you, you might have issues where government uh, struggle to make those payments if the currency moves against them quite significantly. So in all fairness, you know, where we are today uh, as a country, it is still a fairly safe investment. Uh, to, to make those, um, uh, put those money into uh, South African government bonds. And um, again, walking away with quite a decent real return. A hundred percent. Thank you for clarifying it because that's a, a question a lot of people have. There's always uncertainty related to it. Um, you know, Martin, I don't have a screen in front of me where people can SMS you, but I can imagine that the flood of SMSs are all asking the same question. I've got retirement annuities, I've got endowments, I've got flexible investments, and I've been putting money into them. Let's divide it up into two different categories for people, those who have made lump sum investments in the past and those who are constantly making ongoing investments, recurring investments at the moment. Let's speak to the, the, the latter first, those who are making ongoing investments. Is now the right time to change your fund allocation? Let's say you're sitting for argument's sake, in a raft of balanced funds. Is it time to go more conservative or is it time to be more aggressive if you can? Or should one just sit where they are and just keep putting away and let the rain cost averaging do what it's meant to do? Yeah, I don't think there's one answer that's very specific to each and every um, individual. Fair uh, it, it depends on um, how much you put in. It depends on how far you're away from retirement. Uh, so let's give some guidance. I think right. um, where we are now, um, you know, if retirement in your case is still a couple of years away, uh, buying in at these kind of low valuations on the equity market, you will definitely make money in the longer term. Uh, so in that sense, you know, if you stick to the typical regulation 28 uh, balance fund, 
um, those managers should then do their asset allocation tactically and say, well, you would like to buy into to equity at uh, a 30 odd percent decline. Um, and also then balance that risk with the, the fixed income alternatives that I've just mentioned that is right. offer, offering good returns. If you much closer retirement, then, um, you know, at this point, it's probably prudent to uh, consider having a little bit more of a buffer. Um, obviously not selling if you had uh, uh, aggressive equity exposure to sell now you will just lock in those losses. So rather than keep part of that to, to make sure that you can benefit from any potential rebound going forward, but any new allocation, um, I would probably suggest, you know, if you're closer to retirement to, to increase your prudent stable component in your uh, pension fund, which will then include exactly what we've discussed earlier, something like government uh, bonds, where you lock in those uh, double-digit yields uh, in a very muted inflation environment. Okay. Um, and and even in normal cash, because also remember that uh, currently in our uh, uh, retirement pension products, we don't pay interest, uh, we don't pay tax on the tax. interest that we earn. So if you think about that, you know, for, for any investor that puts money into to those products, if you get a, a 11 plus percent interest, um, there's no tax payable on that interest. So that's, that actually increased the attractiveness even further. 100%. Martin, before we discuss the lump sums, I think we need to run to the shops quickly. Craig, are we going there? This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 11.9 High FM. It's 12.22. On the line with me is the Chief Economist and Advisory Partner at Citadel, Martin Ackerman. Martin, welcome back. Thank you. Great. Let's quickly finish off the, the, what we were discussing before. Those with lump sum investments that have just watched their million rand go down to 700,000 rand in three or four days. Is this the time to uh, start panicking and your toys or is it just something that you're going to have to live through? We don't know how long, but fundamentals are there. It should come back. Now, again, the same thing there. You know, the best thing during a crisis is to do nothing. Um, don't let the emotions uh, force you to do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Uh, it's almost like when you're in a room and the lights go off, you know, it's pitch dark. Uh, you don't see anything. The, 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 the biggest mistake you can make then is to start walking and because you'll bump into the wall. Um, but if you stand still, you know, you will start to see, you, your eyes will adjust and eventually you will see some light and then you can start making decisions. So that's, that's always the best uh, advice in, in times like this. Um, don't, don't, um, make forced decisions uh, whatsoever. So if you don't need the money, uh, because you, you've got some expenses that need to be covered, rather leave it and, 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 you know, see how the cycle plays out. Um, and again, you know, uh, if it's longer term, if it's a lump sum investment with a longer term time horizon to try and de-risk it now, you're just going to lock in those losses. And then it's definitely much better to, to just wait and see how it plays out. And what we do know is that, um, uh, from these valuations or the current valuations rather, you know, um, you, you will make money in, in the longer term, five years plus. Uh, okay. So that if, if that's your time horizon, then it is prudent to just uh, stick. It's always in this kind of environment very difficult to believe that there will be a rebound. Uh, but believe me, um, we've seen it before, and even now that it's different because we've got the, the overhang on the virus, um, 
it, it will definitely pass. Um, you know, there's, there's already a lot of stimulation coming into the pipeline from all global central banks, including our own. Um, you know, it seems like if you look at the Chinese model, um, their economy is getting back to capacity after being locked down for, for quite some while. So Europe and China and South Africa, we're not there yet. Um, but probably, you know, towards the middle of this year, uh, things are likely to normalize and um, there is then the chance that uh, things can turn around. Martin, we're running out of time and I, I can speak to you for the next two hours. I just want to ask you, we had quantitative easing before 2000 and 2009 that lasted a couple of years. Are we seeing a similar thing now? In other words, are governments around the world pumping money into the economy in order to stimulate and um, hold it up and to kickstart the economies? Yes, definitely. There's been another, call it centralized um, monetary and fiscal support this time around. Uh, if we just think about the most important one, the U.S., you know, they very aggressively cut rates back to zero percent. Um, fortunately, they had the, the ability to do that because in other places like Europe and Japan, uh, they didn't even get to the chance in terms of hiking rates. Uh, so the U.S. could act quite aggressively on that. Uh, we see um, a, um, a continuation and also restarting of quantitative easing. In the U.S., we had the two um, two trillion package that they've announced. Um, Germany is talking about fiscal stimulation. So there is definitely uh, probably more commitment compared to 2008. But again, you know, this will only help uh, if we can start to open up the economies again. And that's my point that I said earlier on, that as soon as we can return back to normal business, we know that the fuel is in the system and that will help to not only support the economy, but also markets. And Martin, just before I let you go, I'm looking at the markets now, and one thing that surprised me is there's very little movement, if any, on the major indices when it comes to retailers. We're not seeing big pick-and-pay moves. We're not seeing big Mr. Price moves. Um, and those are the companies I would expect to see moves on because they're so um, elastic to the demand and to the supply of us as the public. How come we're not seeing them sort of raging through or pulling back in the markets? Well, I think, you know, uh Part of the reason is that, yes, we're definitely in a lockdown, but uh, many of those stores are still open for business. Uh, so for them, it's it's quite different from some of the other industries where they totally closed. So, yes, uh, the guidance is definitely towards a negative uh, for, for the quarter or for the time that we're in lockdown. But uh, the retailers are, are doing business, but they're doing less business. And some of the online retailers are actually making use of the opportunity to to hopefully maintain some of the margin. So that is probably why you don't see the action that you would have expect in, in, in this kind of environment. Fantastic, Martin. Thank you so much for coming on under these trying conditions, but I think it's worked well. I don't know if yeah. uh, I haven't heard from the studio that no one's been able to hear us. Um, I wonder if I can ask you up front, could we get together same time next week for 10 minutes, 10, 12 to 10 past just for a quick update and a revision of what's happened in the last week. We can certainly do that, yeah. So we can just um, check the time and get it in the diaries. That's fine. Great. Wonderful. I'll speak to Julian. Martin Ackerman, thank you so much. And Martin, without giving too much personal stuff away, the profile picture you have on your WhatsApp was put a big smile on my face. It just lets us know 
how privileged we were to have the freedom to travel this wonderful country. And hopefully you and your family will be able to do it again in the near future. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Martin. Great. That was Martin who's the Chief Economist and Advisory Partner at Citadel. Um, Craig, can we? Can I just continue for the next few minutes? Okay, great. Sorry about the lack of professionalism here, but I'm sitting in my studio, at my, studio, at my study at home. I'm nowhere near the studio. I just quickly want to go through a few pointers that I've been um, asked about during the week. I've been inundated with phone calls and on WhatsApps and emails from different people. So let me quickly um, paraphrase and speak about each idea in a silo, and hopefully I can answer many questions in, in one particular way. The first thing that people have been asking me about is what has happened with the interest rates. Interest rates have come down, and they've come down aggressively. We would not have had this should it, if not for Corona, um, Corona, COVID-19 coming into the world, the shutdown, people not moving, people not buying. And what, what, by dropping the interest rates, what they're hoping to do is to stimulate some sort of eco- activity in the economy. In other words, it's cheaper to buy because it's cheaper to borrow money. What did it say? I was spending 5,000 rand a month on a loan repayment. I'm now spending, for example, 4,800. And that frees up 200 rand for me to, to go and do something else with. And that's the whole logic of dropping interest rates in order to put more money practically in people's pockets because they're spending less on debt or servicing debt so they can then go and spend that money in the economy. And that's the beauty about it. One thing that I would advise very, very strongly, if you are a beneficiary of the interest rate drop on debt, in other words, you looked at it and say, wow, I paid X amount less than I paid last month. Regardless of what it is, please be in touch with your bank. And if you can afford it, ask them to keep the repayments as they were. Had interest rates not moved, you would have paid the same as you paid the previous month or the month before that. So try keep them as they are. All you will do is pay that debt off a lot quicker. If you need the relief, then by all means take it. But if you can afford to take it and to lower that debt, great. Or you might be able to take that extra money and channel it somewhere else to relieve, to relieve yourself of a little bit more debt. If you can do that, this is an opportunity without being clever, just to relieve yourself of long-term debt and without doing the maths. Believe you me, you're going to save yourself a lot of money in the longer term. Um, it might only be 200 rand, 300 rand, might be a thousand rand, depending on the size of your debt. But if you can put that back and reduce it, all that happens is that you pay that debt off quicker and you pay it off with less interest. So I hope I've opened, I've answered all those questions. If you've got any questions there, please email me and I'll be more than happy to discuss them and reply to you. The other question I'm asked a lot about is people's insurance policies. Or is there relief? Can I get a premium holiday on my risk cover, my life cover? That includes my life cover, my severe illness, my disability, my income replacement, my global education protector for my children, whatever the names are at the different companies. And the answer is at this point, as far as I know, at 12.32 on the 31st of March, the answer is no. There is no relief that has come out yet. We are expecting some press release later on today. At the moment, I know I will speak to Kathy and I'll come back on the air and I'll share it with you if the news is positive. But what you can do is 
on your retirement annuities and your other investments, then depending on the company, one might be able to take a premium holiday. So what a premium holiday simply means is that they suspend your premium for a for period up to six months at some companies, shorter or longer at other companies. <clears throat> but remember, it's not six months at a time. It's six months over the life of the investment. So if you take six months' time, six months break now, and in a few months' time, for whatever reason, you're a little bit tight and you want more, the answer is going to be no. So be prudent now. Maybe take two or three months now to just get you through this this period and then apply for more should you need it. But try to be very conservative with the opportunity that you've been given because it's a once-off. It doesn't happen all the time. And just as a side, maybe from a bit of a personal side, remember that your financial advisor is there for you. I know all my colleagues are working remotely. Everybody's trying to get everything up and running. The insurance companies have been phenomenal at getting people to be able to work remotely using different tools and technologies. But please understand that the, the consultant, the broker, the agent, whatever you want to call the person who's helping you, is limited by the resources that are given to them by the company and the leeway given to them by those insurance companies. So, you know, if the answer is no and you are in a very tight position and you're feeling very vulnerable, um, you can share that vulnerability and that frustration with your broker, but appreciate that there's not much more than they can do than follow the rules and sort of, you know, give it over to you in the most concise and easy to understand way. Okay, the other question that I've been asked a lot about is, can I update now, or has everything been frozen because of corona? And the answer is very simple. Of course you can upgrade on your life insurance policies. You can increase your life cover. You should definitely be reviewing your severe illness. You should make absolutely certain that your income protection is 100% up to date. In other words, the correct amount is insured. You don't have the, the correct waiting period on it. Um, that the increase is there, that should go off, but it pays, it does pay, it will increase annually. Those are the things to check now. And so long as your health is good, you haven't had any major health, major health issues, you should be able to get without a problem. The problem might creep in is that if you haven't had medicals in a period of time, and again, it varies from company to company, maybe between one year and maybe three years at some other companies, you might need to have some blood work done, and the labs are not open for business when it comes to that. The labs are inundated with emergency work, hospital work, corona work. So all that's on ice. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't get it done. Get it done, get it in place, and let's wait out this period. And the moment it's over, you go and get it done, and then you lock it in. Yes, I can hear you saying, but I need it now, not in 21 days. Human nature is such that if you don't do it now, and get it done now. While you've got a bit of time on your hands, emotions are running high, in 21 days, when you get back into the middle of things, all of a sudden you don't feel so vulnerable, it's not that important, and it's unlikely to be done. So take advantage of it now, and go ahead and, and get that sorted out. The last thing that I, that I really want to touch on is just um, the ability of people to access information now. If you go and look at anybody now, everybody has found three or four favorite websites, whether it's Worldometers or it's the, it's, it's the CNN's Coronavirus World Check. 
That's what we're checking all the time. It's almost macabre to see which country had more infections. Unfortunately, God forbid, who had, you know, who passed away, you know, between going to sleep and us waking up in the morning. And at that, at this point in time, I just want to pause and just say that we are personally involved in Corona in South Africa. I have someone who's very, very close to me, close to our family, close to our community, who's really, really, really not well. And please God, he'll make a full and total recovery. And the reason I'm sharing it is that if you feel this thing's a joke, it's just a flu, it's just a cold, believe you me, there could, nothing could be further from the truth. Please, and again, um, I might be a little bit outspoken here, but those of us who are in a privileged position to live in beautiful homes with space, with gardens, maybe with swimming pools, with more than one toilet, with flowing water, just spare a thought for families living in squalid conditions, in one-room shacks, with nowhere to go but onto the street, just to breathe, to, be, to stay sane, with nothing to do. And when you go to the shops, you're not driving to pick and pay Norwood, where you can find a remote parking and walk through a back entrance and keep social distancing. You go into a spaza shop where there are so many hundreds of people coming to get just today's rations to keep their family alive. So it's all good and well to sit in my ivory tower and for me to be critical. Thank God I've never experienced what people seven kilometers down the road in Alex are going through every day. And we should just spare a thought, and so much more is our responsibility to keep social distancing and to be responsible and to just be aware of our surroundings. And when we do go to the shops, just to keep all the rules and all the regulations that we are not part of the problem, we are rather part of the solution. My feeling in, in, in closing up in the next two minutes is that we're going through a very, very rough um, 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 time right now. But those of you with you have got investments. The market's up another nearly 2% right now. We're at 44,000. We've recovered two or three days, um, in two or three days, what felt like we would never recover from. So it's a time to just sit tight. It's a time to, to just be patient. And also it's a time to move away from the negative websites. It's a time to start educating yourself, listening to the radio, listening to different shows, going online, getting podcasts, speaking to people as to what they are listening to. Um, you know, a very good friend of mine, Ari Arnstein, that puts out numerous CDs for people to listen to. And there are websites I never knew existed, like the yeshiva.net, where there's just a smorgasbord of different Jewish topics to go listen to. If you just go onto Discovery's website, the Momentum's website, and Sunland's website, there is stuff there that can keep you busy forever. So use the time rather to read positive stuff, upskill yourself, educate yourself, rather than get caught in the, in the negativity of what's going on. And again, I'm open for business. If you want to ask a question, you want to discuss stuff, please be in touch with me. Um, you can either be in touch with me via the studio, or if you've got my email address, you can come to me directly. I look very forward to, to, to helping you and to discussing everything with you. Craig and DJ Flo, thank you for making this happen. Julian Schwinley, thank you for putting it together. Martin, thanks for coming online. Everybody, thank you for listening. Be safe. Let's play by the rules, and let's hope this passes quickly. Craig, thanks so much. Goodbye.